If you've been listening to me for a while, you probably know that I love to talk about LinkedIn. So now I'm curious, are you ready to take your LinkedIn to the next level? Because if you are, I've got the perfect opportunity for you. As a valued podcast listener, I'm offering you a one month free trial to the LinkedIn Advantage program. It's your chance to join the community of like-minded professionals and immerse yourself in a space designed for learning, networking, and growing your business, and a lot of LinkedIn as well. Don't miss out. If you're ready to go from listener to participant, take advantage of this free trial by visiting podcastadvantage.janisporter.com today. That's podcastadvantage.janisporter.com. Join us and we'll see you in the group. Relationships rule. That's my motto. I'm Janice Porter, and I love to share the power of relationship marketing to help grow and impact business. I've grown my business by building and nurturing relationships, and I'd like to help you do the same. Welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast, where connection means everything. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relationships Rule. I am most excited this week about my guest, Bonnie Stevens, who comes to us um, from Arizona. We call her the Zony Girl. She calls herself the Zony Girl. So it took me a minute, Bonnie, to figure that one out because Arizona is not my home space, but I finally got it. And, and now, of course, it fits completely. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. You know, Janice, this is such an honor to be here. And uh, I I love the name of your podcast. Oh, thank you. Relationship, relationships rule. I just love that. I promote that so strongly throughout my, my business and for years. And really, it's all about relationships. It is. And thank you. Thank you for that. So just a little... Um snippet about Bonnie because there's way more to tell you that she is an Emmy award-winning documentary producer, an international speaker, international best-selling author, career journalist, editor of two business journals, public relations consultant, entrepreneur, and former television news anchor. And there is way more that we'll weave in as we go because um, I was fortunate enough to meet Bonnie on a retreat in Arizona, actually, um, not long ago. And she is a pro extraordinaire. And I loved her from the minute I met her. So I'm so glad that you were able to come on the show. And I'm going to start actually by taking you back because I, I'm curious, as you know, I'm curious um, of course. Uh, about the, the chapter that you wrote in this book, The Impact of One Voice. And you tell a, a, your story of of kind of um, being in a in a a bad place uh, and looking for some solution to how you were feeling in the depths at the time. Now, I'm guessing this was 15, 20 years ago, 10? Uh, um, not, not just a little over 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe about 12, about 12 years ago. Okay. So you went through well, then it may not, I thought it was a bit longer, but this, I'll ask the question anyway. So um, if you want to give a synopsis of what happened and what what came out of it, I'll just tell sure. you that my question that I was thinking when I, when I was reading this is how, do you know that movie Sliding Doors? Um, I've heard of it. I don't. Paltrow. And it, it. You see her at the beginning of the movie. It's an old movie, but she gets on a train. And if uh-huh. she 
left, this is how her life would be. Oh, right. This is how her life would be. And so you see both parts of the, of the story. And I just wonder if that affected your path career-wise when you had this, this uh, experience in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, great question. You know, Janice, I, when I was having this, uh, time and it was a dark time. And just briefly, um, the three people that I was closest to the people who I believe loved me more than anybody else on the planet and were always ruining me on. And when I did something, they would, they would see it as three times as, as big as anybody else, you know, and they just it, were always my cheering section. They were all dying of a disease, all three of them. It wasn't like an accident that was killing them all. It wasn't the same disease that they contracted from each other. It was just this really dark time. And it was my my mom, my oldest sister, and my oldest brother. And it was really difficult. And it was a difficult time for me um, in other personal ways as well. But uh, this, this really got to my core, to the fact that there was nothing in my life that I recognized as my life anymore. Um, my husband and I had had a hundred miles of distance between us. My oldest son had moved away to find work in another state after graduating college. And, and it, so I wasn't living in my same beautiful sure. mountain home. And, and then uh, there's all this tragedy everywhere. And, and what's interesting is that during this time, you know, I, I believe that uh, the universe has a way of mirroring back to us what we're going through or helping us see and understand what we're going through. Yes. And I'm sitting there on my deck one day trying to process what all is happening and where, how I'm going to help everybody, all, you know, all the people that uh, in my life and um, a fire, a forest fire started just to the north of me, right before my eyes, just a few miles north. And it turned out to be a huge, devastating fire. It was called the Schultz fire. Mm -hmm. And I was watching the plume build. And my background, um, I had spent time in the forest service and had been on fire lines. And I understand, you know, when a forest fire plume gets to a certain point in the atmosphere, it can collapse on itself. And when it does that, it just swooshes out flames. It can be deadly dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I was watching this thing build and getting heavier and heavier. And it was really kind of freaking me out. And it wasn't far from town. And then as I turned around, there was another fire starting to the south of me. And it just felt like my whole world was this hazy, covered in this hazy smoke that I didn't recognize anything. And I was just like, sort of grabbing onto things, sort of stabilizing myself, like what is happening? And I, and I feel like the universe does that. And, in, and if we're not paying attention, we get it, you know, hit 10 times harder than we should have caught it the first time. And so in this time, you know, I'd, I'd been a journalist for, um, you know, decades already. I had told stories all my life mm -hmm. and uh, been in front of the camera and, and always felt very confident and sort of in charge and balanced. And, um, you know, I did all the things that you're supposed to do. I tried to eat right. I tried to, to exercise all the time. And I felt like I was doing everything I can to be, you know, healthy and strong. And yet I, I was sitting there going, how can my world have gone so wrong when I felt like I really tried to follow the, you know, the straight and narrow and make it all seem right and good. And, um, and that's when it hit me that I really needed to hear other voices besides the fear that was inside of me. And so that turned me on to listening to audiobooks 
just uh, obsessively anything that was good and positive and and uh, motivating and inspirational. I was just playing in my head. I'd go to sleep with it going on. And and then, um, you know, I was really tuned into my intuition at the time, too, and trying to ask for, you know, how how do I get through all of this? And I heard my higher voice. And it's funny, Janice, because my Christians, my Christian friends will tell you I misheard the message. Yes. It was really go serve. Yes. I heard go surf. Yeah. And so I thought, well, okay. So, so I started looking up surf camps and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, it cost me a lot of money. I'd, I have, it's totally irresponsible for me to check out of my life to go, you know, away for five, six days, um, spend the money like $1,500 on airline tickets. The camp itself was another 35. So you're starting to add this up. That's $5,000. And then my mother, um, who was going through dementia and getting worse, you know, as that disease progresses, one day she tells my sister that she wanted to give my my sister that was um, my other sister that that she wanted to give all her children five thousand dollars. Now my mother never gave us money like that, and when I got this gift, I thought, okay, that sounds like divine intervention. You know, my mother pushed this out through the fog of dementia, and she had these this five thousand dollars, and that's exactly what I had in my mind. I'm going. That must be a sign. So to everybody else, that oh. may have seemed completely absurd. But I went ahead, signed up for surf camp. And I tell you, um, you know, it's in my book, which is coming out in yeah. January. It's called uh, Life Lessons from a Zony Girl, How to Stay Sunny, Grounded and Resilient. And I talk about that as the lead in. And then I talk about so many inspirational stories, people I've interviewed and covered through my life as a, a journalist. Um, how, and, I, and I relate it to things that happen in Arizona. So if you're in a a gravelly pit of indecision, which, you know, is, is such a visual if you've ever been hiking in Arizona or mountain biking in Arizona. And it just kind of talks you through, you know, what your choices are and what, what uh, successful people have said, I pull in their quotes and, you know, um, they all say, make a decision, you know, don't, don't be an indecision, make a decision. And if you, uh, if it's, you find out it's the wrong decision, make another decision. And I'm going simple enough, you know, don't just stay in this, this confusing mixture of, I don't know which way to turn. So, I mean, it's things like that, that really uh, helped me that I wish if I wrote that book, um, read that book 20, 30 years ago, I would have been able to jump across uh, maybe two decades of lessons learned. Right. <laughs> So I appreciate that that you read the chapter and and I do um, tell that story also in the impact of one voice, inspirational stories of passion, purpose, and perseverance, which I am thrilled to say is an international bestseller. So um, exciting stuff, really fun and interesting and fresh stories that you've never heard before, and that's that's the turning point. So we talked about this turning time in my life. So I really felt like. Okay, now that I have all this wisdom and I've gone through the, you know, the surf, yeah. right, and and come out the other end, um, I realized that, you know, what that was doing to me was it kept me quiet, it kept me small, it kept me from not sharing my gifts, it it kept me feeling like I didn't have anything to give, and I certainly didn't have anything to share, and who cares anyway? 
And that is the wrong message because, you know, women especially need to hear that message that we have gifts and we need to share them. Um, it, you know, if you think of it more as, as a responsibility, it takes your ego out of it. Mm-hmm. You have something that somebody needs to hear. Mm-hmm. And that's why today I illuminate women, um, women in business so that they can learn how to be camera ready is how I call it mm-hmm. in, in story and soul and style. And through this, they can step into the spotlight, be more visible, uh, impact their, their value, um, increase their, their impact and, and inspire others to do the same. And that's really how my mission changed from telling other people's stories to encouraging more people to tell their stories. Got it. Because I know that, um, you know, certainly having been in the, in the uh, spotlight and on air for all those years and so on, you, you know, you were, it was a job and you were sure. interviewing, you were doing um, uh, investigative journalism as well. I know that you're really, um, I, I, I'd forgotten that, that you're a science geek actually, like, right? I am. A, yeah. Like, thank you. I am a science geek. Say that in a positive way. Don't get me wrong, but I mean. No, no, I, I own that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. But sure. I, one thing, the most, I think the thing that stuck with me the most when I met you um, and I just set the scene a little bit that you actually gave a little bit of, of um, a um, presentation or a workshop for the group of us that were at this retreat in Arizona. And the thing that I think it's because I don't, I feel I don't do this very well. And I was in awe of what you were doing is, and and this is, um, this is leading to your workshop that I know your, your um, retreat that you're doing in uh, February, in February, right? Yes. But I want to just mention that, and we'll get into that because what I was in awe of was how well you tell a story. You oh. tell a story so well. And the other thing about that is um, having those stories to tell, like on, uh, like on it, thinking of them on a dime, because I can't do that. I just feel like there's got to be a story that I can elaborate on about this and it doesn't come to me. And, you know, if I've got the story, like one of the things I love to do as a teacher back in the day was read out loud, read to my class, read to my kids. I love to read stories to kids. But thinking those uh, experience stories that will illustrate the point, that's where the art is. And that's what I saw you do so well. Oh my gosh. Well, that is such a compliment. And Janice coming from you, I especially hold that so dear in my heart. I will hang on to that. Thank you so much. That's a skill or yeah, it is, it is practiced. Um, you know, I've, I've been telling stories in print and on camera, uh, for a long time. Um, but the, the, the skill that I've had to learn is how to deliver them uh, without a teleprompter and connecting with the audience and and feeling the feedback about how it resonates, you know, and what what captures them, what they're interested in, and and how the points are made. And so, you know, with every audience, it's it's different, and um, which is really fun, audience, right? Read the audience. Yes, it? and I've had to really learn that because I used to think 
when I was up in front of people that I was telling them. So one way communication, right? They want, yes. they were there to learn and this is what they're going to get. And I was, you know, really adamant about giving them the information, right? But I wasn't- The news reporter in you. Yes, yeah. but I wasn't having the interactive experience, which is really the whole enjoyable part of yeah. speaking to a group of people. It's feeling the energy and feeling the feedback and, you know, really feeling the love. And when you say something that, is uh, that tugs at your heart and somebody hears that for the first time, you've forgotten what an impact that is and you can see it in their eyes. I mean, I, I've had um, roomfuls of people, uh, you know, like like wiping tears as I'm telling them a story about, about somebody and how that changed their life and what they went through. And to a writer, you know, I mean, the whole point is, to get people to feel, to open up, to be yeah. vulnerable, um, to look at something differently, to have a different perspective, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But but all of us, you know, when I when I talk about and and you know this, you've heard me say this before. Uh, story, we all have a story, and the story is how we connect with each other. Mm -hmm. So that is so powerful, and you know, not everybody um, recognizes that we learn through stories, and we have through through history. Mm -hmm. We tell, you know, around campfires before we had written word, we would talk, we would share stories that were passed down through generations. Mm -hmm. So the story is such a powerful tool. And that is one of the things that I help people develop. And this workshop is for women and it's um, immersive. Mm -hmm. It's February 6th through 10th. It's called Shine. Mm -hmm. And it and uh, just to remind people how to find it, you can go storysoulstyle.com. And so story is how I mentioned how we connect with people and I help people um, craft their story mm -hmm. and really hit the points. Most people don't dissect their own story. Right, that's true. The story has a beginning, a middle and an end. There's adversity in it. There's champions in it. You know, there's the heroine in it. And there's, you know, in a story, there's a positive ending. There's something that came out of it. There's a lesson learned or a new direction or whatever that is. And most of us don't look inwardly at our own story and and, and decide, determine, you know, what were the, the factors that uh, shifted our beliefs or shifted our motivation or, um, gave us more determination, whatever that was. And then your soul is really how we trust you. You know, you, we do things for a reason. We're passionate about what we do for some reason. And when we hear that, that then, then it's it transfers into style. And that's really how we recognize each other, you know, our style and all of that should flow together. And we should be able to, you know, recognize when I see Janice, I, I see, you know, somebody who uh, values relationships and helps other people maintain that connection and really say what's in their hearts and and not just let it be a fleeting moment like, oh, yeah, I should really thank that person and then never do it, you know, and you have taught me that I can do that quickly, easily, effectively efficiently and cost effectively, which is really incredible. And I have, I have really become the spokesperson for you and your value just in the past two weeks, you know, I've seen so many people during the holidays and I'm out there taking pictures and for your send out card yeah. thing. Um, people are so 
ecstatic when they get this this candid picture of them having a blast in, yeah. and it takes you right back to that moment and they open the cards and they text me immediately and they're laughing and they're they're saying you know this this was really thoughtful and meaningful and it, because you right? did specific and unique for them you were just thinking about them exactly yeah it's beautiful and people are touched by that yeah, thank you. It, it's true. And th there, and in this world today, we need more of that. We oh my gosh. Well, it kind of cuts through. It stops you in your tracks when you're doing your things. You're going through your mail quickly. Oh, that's a nice Christmas card from somebody, you know, and then you open that up and you're going, whoa, that is really thoughtful. That is super fun. And I've never seen this picture. I, I'd totally forgotten about what we were doing in yes. November, you know? So yeah, it does. It, it just brings people to life. It's beautiful. Thank you. I'm so glad that, that you get it because the more people that get it are able to spread that kindness and joy, um, you know, the more the world will be a better place. We need it. Yes. So um, I watched you I listened to a couple of interviews that you did and one that I watched because it was video that I was actually, I really, really enjoyed it, but I thought it was interesting was um, it was one that you did uh, earlier this year with uh, Joanne McCall calling oh, yes. visibility um, and her book was media savvy or something like that. She's a darling. Yeah, yeah. Media darling. I wrote yeah. that down. That's right. Darling. Um, uh, she's a publicist and she's in the world that, that you ha have been in, right, for for years. And I I really thought it was interesting. A couple of things came for me. I watched it because I wanted to see you, how you do interviews in on your podcast. And also because I noticed, okay, it was on video. It wasn't... Um, your news broadcast, you weren't a, um, an anchor in this situation, but I have to ask, did you have, um, prompts on the screen? Oh, you know, well, I always write notes for yes, myself. You had notes down on your table, but you never looked at them maybe once. And so see, now I'm into like how to do a podcast. How, how do you do it? Yeah. Yes. But, um, did you have, uh, yeah, well, I do, you know, I, I keep my notes on a, um, an iPad and I'm able to see that iPad and you'll notice, you know, one of the tricks I do, and I talk to the people I interview ahead of time is if I break eye contact with you, it's because I'm looking down at my notes. I'm still listening. Yeah. I want to make sure that I get to the points that we yes. want to get out. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of a fine dance of being engaged you know, and locked with yeah. eye contact and, and bringing out that person to, um, you're also the producer, you know, in, in a normal TV setting, you'd have an, uh, something in your ear and a producer would be talking to you and they'd be saying, don't forget to ask them about, you know, or, um, I've or, never had that. So I, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so in a, you have lots, you have a big team on a TV set that's helping you and yes. reminding you of things and you have a great teleprompter and you've got a teleprompter operator and all that. But when you're doing a podcast and you're doing the video as well, yeah. you know, it's, it's a little tricky because you don't want to look like you're disengaged. Right. So, so I try to make sure that when she's on camera, 
the whole yes. thing and filling the screen and I'm not on camera. I'll try to look down just to see, and I'll, I'll have big circles on my script, like, you know, where to go to next. Yeah. So I'll have, sometimes I'll have arrows, you know, or I'll, I'll say quote page 63 and I want to grab their book, you know, and open it up and read something that they wrote that I thought was really impactful. So yeah, I'll do a lot of cues and I tell you what, you know, I took a, um, I, a speech, a public speaking coach. I took some sessions with a woman who's amazing. She's masterful. Her name's RV Robinson. I'm sure you've heard of her. Yes. And, uh, um, I learned so much from her about public speaking and how to cue yourself and how to do things smoothly. And so I have been practicing that and my vodcast, my video podcast yeah. helps me do that and helps me try to be smooth. And then when, when everything goes wrong, you know, that's, that's the, that's the mark of a real pro when they can just keep the conversation going. And like you, Janice, you've done your homework. So you have lots of questions already floating around and there's, it's easy to pull things out, but you have to just stay your concentration stay with your concentration. And, and RV says, you know, if you're doing one hour of public speaking, it's like an eight hour day. It, and, and I get that. And I don't know if you feel like this, but after all, I'll do a, a vodcast and I'm in charge of producing it all and make sure it all comes together. Um, I'm starving. I, I, I was thinking, you know, it feels like I just ran a marathon and I really need a hamburger. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's, so you do put out a lot of energy and, and a good interviewer is somebody who does their research and doesn't just show up and fire questions at somebody and call it good. You know, you're not really having a conversation. You're just being fired at. So uh, people recognize the difference and they're very appreciative. You know, authors, I don't know how many times I've heard, wow, you really read the book. And I'm <laughs> yes, thinking, right. And you're yes. thinking, shouldn't anybody who interviews you yes. read your book? And and the answer is no. You know, they might look at the table of contents or read the news release, but they won't, won't really delve into it and they won't absorb it and they won't highlight something that really spoke to them or is relevant for the moment, you know? Because because we take on too much and there's there's so much out there and we don't have time. So then why did we do it? You know, like I, I get it and I understand that. And I actually have had people say that to me too. Although I'm learning that, you know, if I don't want to read that book, then maybe I shouldn't have that person on my podcast, <laughs> right? Well, yes, I've run into that too. And um, sometimes I have to force myself through a couple of chapters till I can just really kind of get into it. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I know what you mean. And I'll put that off and it'll be like nagging at you, you know, off yeah. in the corner of his office going, remember, you're going to yes, read it. It's interesting. Um, yeah. So which part of um, what, so right now your focus is, it, it, well, you have different things going on. So how many things do you have going on now? Like you do your vodcast, you, do you do private training for people in? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I do, I would, I do many workshops in an afternoon. Um, I do them with, as I, I do them one-on-one, -on -one. I do them in groups of three or 10, um, you know, after you get to about 18, it's kind of tough. Uh, but, and sometimes I'll bring in people that are broadcasters that I I'm good friends with and they'll help me, you know, 
do interviews with people and help them give feedback and keep trying and practicing until they feel more confident, more comfortable and kind of get where everything is. You know, when, when you're being interviewed on camera, there's so many questions just down to the basics of where am I supposed to look? And that's a really important question because if you are, depending on what kind of format it is, you can look really shifty if your eyes are going all over looking for where they need to land. Yeah. And what I always tell people is you just focus on the person talking to you just like you would. It's that's normal. And and really we're we're just eavesdropping like the camera. You know, we're just kind of hearing and listening and finding you very interesting. You know, it's like being in a crowded party and somebody's holding court somewhere and they're animated and people keep being drawn in to them. It's kind of the same feeling where you're just engaged and you're so involved in this conversation that it's charismatic, you know, it's magnetic. People want to come and find out well, what, what all of this is going on and who is this person? And that's Janice, that's really how I operate. When I'm in a room, I'm always looking for that next best story. Mm-hmm. It's just what I do. I love to tell great stories. Yeah. And so I'm I'm always kind of filtering through rooms and looking for somebody that um, has this glow about them or this drive or this passion you can tell in the way that they walk and the way that they move um or they're gregarious or whatever it is and sometimes it's not even the main speaker or the person that you know we're all there to see sometimes and sometimes there's a lot of side stories you know it's like a bonus for me i get to go to one event and then pick up five different stories and five different sources well i think part of that is because you are uh, such a, a relationship person yourself like you love people and it's very obvious and i i saw it in that when we first met and you had each of us come up to um be interviewed by you so that we could go through and see how we were and what to say and whatever and you were so beautiful with everybody and everybody was in a different place some people were more natural and comfortable speaking to the you know on camera and others were not and you made everybody feel comfortable and try to move them ahead and and it is an art there's no question if you're not used to it it's it, it takes know, practice. It really, yeah. it really does. I'm struggling still with this green dot um, up <laughs> at my on my computer versus looking at you on the screen. And I've been dealing with that all day and more with you than anybody else. I'm admitting it because I know that I want to look at you. But if I look up here, I think I'm looking at you, right? I don't know. It, it is, it, you know, with every different format, there's just something to learn about it. And, and, you know, you talk about somebody being a natural, they're a natural, this, they're a natural, that, well, you know, I submit that there's very few naturals in the world at just, you know, being really good at speaking or being really good on a certain format. It really comes down to practice and, and practice you know, I think back to playing the piano when I was seven years old, when I would rather have been climbing a tree, you know, I mean, practice takes discipline and it, it's, it can be painful because you've got to play it back and watch yourself and get comfortable with your voice and your mannerisms and, you know, try different things and see if you're animated, if you use your hands, does that help you communicate a point? Is it uh, more interesting to watch you or is it too much? And you're bumping into things, you know, (laughs) you might have to rein it in a little bit, but knowing yourself, most of us don't even realize things that, 
we wouldn't want to be doing on camera, but we do it because we're not aware of it. Right. So that practice makes us makes us focus in on that and pay attention and then ask for feedback, which is also makes you very vulnerable. Yes. You know, if people might say something that's that hurts you or is offensive, but I take it all with a grain of salt. You know, we're we're all individuals mm -hmm. and we're all anybody, you know, I applaud everyone who puts themselves out there because it is scary and you can't control it. I think that's part of the fear yes. is, you know, once it's out there or however you're yeah. to, it belongs to them and then you can't control it. And that's very uncomfortable for most of us. You know, I learned something a long time ago when I was uh, doing some, I was doing a, a television show for a friend of mine. This is something I've thought about for a long time. He produced this show in in LA, it was a, it was like a forerunner to dancing with the stars. It was called dance fever. It was many, many years ago. And he had auditions for that show wherever to find dancers, right. To come on the show. And sure. it sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. The premise of the show was they'd get these amateurs on there and they'd have um, a, uh, um, a three celebrity judges. And then they had a couple of dancers, professional dancers on there as well, just to make it interesting. And, uh, and then anyway, so he said, why don't you do some auditions for me in Vancouver? And I said, oh, yeah, that would be fun because I love doing events and things. Right. So I did it. Long story short. And I had to find a nightclub to do them in. I had to find different kinds of dancers and whatever. And I found celebrity uh, special judges to do the, you know, it was the same premise as the show, but it was auditions. And from that, he would look at the tape and they would bring people down there to be on the actual show. Well, one of the um, uh, judges I got was a dance critic from the newspaper, the local newspaper, which was fine. Well, I did two shows. This first show, this person came. The second show, she couldn't come. And she sent one of her colleagues who was another reporter from the local paper. And I won't get into the details, but later he basically wrote an article the next day about how I handled things and and he didn't like what I, the way the results had gone oh, no. kind of slammed me because it wasn't like a contest it was basically a tv show and we had to pick the dancers that we needed for the show as opposed to entertaining yeah so he, he slammed me in this article well I was devastated of and course devastated but I also realized after that that any press is, is good press and it's gone in a flash because nobody really, you know, it's not that important in the big scheme of things, but oh my goodness, it was hard on me at first. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, you know, that happens. Um, yes. It you does happen. Press, you get good press, right? Whatever. And, and I have to say that I do, I do agree that publicity is usually good, even when it doesn't yes. seem to be favorable. Yes, exactly. Uh, it puts you, it, it makes people curious about you, yeah. which makes them want to find out more. And, <laughs> you know, so, so even I've done a lot of crisis management in my public relations consulting firm. And, um, you know, I, I try to calm people down because like, you're absolutely right. You're the only one that is feeling the, the heavy hit. Sure. And, and it goes away. Everything, especially these days is so fleeting. Oh yeah. You know, you used to worry about the shelf life of something and if it's going to sit there and just, you know, ruin your life because it's, it's always there on the table, but it, it's, 
it's so not true. And the best way to move on from something like that is, is to, um, is to succeed. You know what I mean? So to, so to flood the media world with all the successes, not necessarily that you did, but that you're introducing, that you're bringing along from this program, you know, and, and just bury it, just flood it with kindness and goodness and uh, success and, and joy and relationships. And then people will not, it'll just be buried and it'll go away. Whatever it is. I mean, there's a lot of unfairness out there, but mostly it's good. I like to think that mostly the experiences are good. Exactly. So as we wrap up, because I realize I've gone over and that's okay. Um, we have I'm, so much fun talking. Well, I want to ask you a couple of quick hits. So favorite quote, what's your favorite quote? Oh, favorite quote. Well, um, as you know, I've, I've had the great honor and opportunity to interview so many amazing people, um, people who have done, you know, something that no one else has done. Mm-hmm. And I have interviewed four men who, out of the 12 that have walked on the moon and not just interviewed them, but spent time with them, mm-hmm. you know, like spend an afternoon with them, working with them as a keynote speaker and driving them around and having conversations. And my favorite, I shouldn't say this, but my favorite was, um, Alan Bean, and he was on Apollo 12. Now, I always felt sorry for Apollo 12 because Apollo 11, as you remember, was Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. And, you know, they got they got all the glory. Now, Apollo 12 was like, eh, you know, been there, done that kind of thing. And, and yet, um, Alan Bean was one of those astronauts that walked on the moon, one of the very, like the third person, I think, who walked on the moon. And uh, so as I'm talking to him just casually, you know, not even in with my notepad, I said, so what's it like to step out onto the moon and everything's gray and everything's still and everything's quiet except whatever's going on inside your helmet, you know, that your respirators and whatever else is going, making noise and, you know, nothing moves. There's no wind. Right. And And he goes, and then you look back at earth and you, you know, can see the blue magic bubble back there and the marble with the clouds and the oceans. And, and he says, that's when I realized we live in the garden of Eden. And that quote has stuck with me ever since, because whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling like life is not being fair to you, I think of that quote, because all you have to do is for me, get into nature and realize, remember, if you think about that, we live in the garden of Eden. And, and if you really dissect that, what does that mean? I think of abundance you know, everything we need, oxygen, water, food, people, animals, you know, everything we need is right here. And if you can take yourself, if you can lift yourself out of the doldrums, wherever you are and pull yourself up to that place where you can really, um, appreciate the beauty and the wonder and the opportunity that we all have, you know, it, it, it really works for me. And I, I think that's so beautiful. So that is my favorite quote. Fantastic. We live in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, last question. What would you say um, is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I've received a lot of advice. 
Well, one that sticks with me is uh, Kevin Harrington. Um, you may, you know, early Shark Tank fans might remember him from that program. He was one of the first sharks. Yeah. And he is an Uber entrepreneur. His story is, I love his story because if you remember the days of television where everything went fuzzy at the end of the day, you know, static, and there was, there was yeah. just like, no program or programming or really bad programming in the middle of the night. Yeah. So Kevin was the guy who thought, well, I'll buy that airtime. Yeah. And infomercials, right? Was that him? Infomercial. And he would put actual inventors of, you know, mm -hmm. wondrous vacuum cleaners or, you know, juice makers or whatever. And, he, and he'd have the inventors out there, you know, demonstrating their product for half an hour. Yeah. And like through it, they'd say, if you want to buy this, vacuum or whatever they would call it, you know, call this number right now. And, and so he invested in all these inventors and got them on uh, airtime. And his, his advice, he says, you know, people don't succeed because they're afraid in a lot of cases, but his quote was, um, you know, what we're all afraid of failure. And he says, so you tried, you failed, you learned. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, you can kind of just dust your hands off and say, okay, put it beside you. And, and his uh, message was really about uh, maximizing your, your chances of winning. And so he would say, there'd be times when I tried 10 different products, I would uh, invest in 10 different products and three of them would be successes. Now, if you look at it, depends how you look at it. You had three successes that you got 70% failure. And he said, then I would maximize it. So I would invest in 50 products and then, you know, you would multiply your successes. So I really love his attitude about failure is like you failed, you learned. And I'm like, if we can all just look at it that simply that it's just part of, of life. Um, it takes, it takes some of the fear out of out of trying things that are scary. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in in pushing ourselves. It gets our heart racing and makes us feel alive. And and that's that's really healthy. That's good. That's really good. Um, uh, I forgot that he was the in infomercial guy, too. And, and uh, I know that he has and he's all over the Internet now. I mean, still. And, you know, oh, but, yeah, he never stops. No, he's so high energy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, this has been delightful, and I know that I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about. I wish I could come, but I can't. To your wonderful event in Arizona in February. Tell my audience one last time about it, and we'll make sure that the show notes show how they can find you and find it. Okay, absolutely. Yes, I'm. Thank you so much. I'm super excited about this. This is the workshop that I would have wanted uh, for myself. And I've integrated, it's called Shine. It's February 6th through 10th. It's in the Red Rocks of Sedona, inspirational in and of itself. It's immersive. So we're in this beautiful luxury uh, accommodations built into, you know, surrounded by the Red Rocks. And we'll be practicing uh, on camera, um, crafting your story, practicing telling your story, practicing all different formats, you know, how you appear on Zoom as well as on camera, on set, on stage, getting your key messages together and, and sharing those in a compelling way. And what really makes this workshop sensational is that I've got such a team of experts. I mean, these are 
award-winning legendary broadcasters, public speakers, business coaches, um, this, this one woman that I've gotten to know who is an expression expert, she dresses people for TEDx talks yes. by getting to know their topic and their brand so they look like their message. And this will be so fabulous for every part of your life. It's, it's for women. And uh, we'll also be mixing in some of the magic of Sedona, like stargazing under these beautiful, dark, brilliant stars, um, dark skies. And uh, we'll be doing some yoga and, uh-huh. and sound bathing, okay. and which is, you know, with bowls and gongs yeah. and, and things. So very Sedona-esque. Yeah. And then uh, we'll be dining in, in um, a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur in Sedona. She has six award-winning restaurants in Sedona that are absolutely, all of them, also very different and all incredibly good. So that's our celebration. We'll be doing that. And then we'll also be on my vodcast. So we'll be on We'll be putting on a program that people can use for their websites. We'll also, I'll also be writing stories about them that will be published and they can use that. So they'll walk away with materials. I'll have videographers there, photographers there. And, uh, and, and the, just the, the fellowship of being together with like-minded women, yeah. um, it's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm super excited for it. People can find it at storysoulstyle.com or look for me at bonniestevensarizona.com. And uh, you can, if you want to chat with me to decide if it's for you, it's bonnie.stevens at gmail.com. And uh, just write shine in the subject line and I'll know what you're, what you're, uh, what you want to know about. So it'll be fantastic. Thank you, Janice. This has been an amazing opportunity. Always so much fun to talk with you. I love what you do. And I so appreciate the opportunity to talk about how relationships matter so much in all of our businesses. Well, you've been a delight. Thank you. It's been my pleasure and my privilege to talk to you. So I so appreciate it. And I know your event will be amazing. I um, I do. We'll spread the word about this um, when this comes out mid-January. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I, I'm feeling the urge to send you a thank you card. <laughs> Love it. I'll accept it anytime. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And remember to my audience, if you like what you heard, please go um, seek out uh, Bonnie's event and the work that she does. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thanks for joining us. If today's show inspired you to make a new connection, why not start with me? Head over to LinkedIn and connect with me. Be sure to let me know you are a podcast listener because I select one listener each month who connects with me on LinkedIn for a complimentary profile audit. And you know, I love to meet new people. So I hope you take me up on it. Don't forget to stay connected and be remembered.